0: Game is
1: over when the horn sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Oilers hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 chance. Third consecutive loss for the Edmonton Oilers,
2: 6-3. Carolina takes it tonight as the Oilers' record. Now 5-12-1 on the season. Three losses on this four-game road trip that ends Friday afternoon in Washington. The Hurricanes improve to 11-7, including 6-1 on home ice. Thanks a lot for joining us, along with Rob Brown. I'm Reid Wilkins for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Well, Rob, another... Overall, poor game for the Oilers, quite frankly, despite some hard work in the third period. But by that time, Carolina had a pretty comfortable lead, and I guess a lot of things tonight that we're seeing over and over again that have plagued the Oilers all season long. And I'll start with this one: you can't limit the damage. You, I mean, every team is going to allow a goal, have a bad period, or a bad section of a period. The good teams survive it. I mean, you might lose a period, but you lose it one nothing or two one. Uh, the Oilers were scored on four times in five minutes and fifty three, or five minutes and thirty one seconds tonight. Down four nothing. I mean, that's as, uh, <laughs> that goes a
3: long way towards deciding a hockey game. It, it does, and it, it, and you, you look at the goals that are scored. They weren't goals that the opposition just outskilled you, or someone made an incredible play. They were uncontested, wide-open, backdoor empty nets that guys were just tapping in. There was a a breakaway goal by Seth Jarvis who stood behind the Oilers' defensemen. Stood behind them. Uh, The Carolina Hurricane defenseman that passed it up actually double-clutched on it and still had time to make a pass. This goes back, I don't remember last game, where I think it was the game against the Panthers. Was it Bennett? Stood behind the Oilers' defenseman And there was a double-clutch and still got a breakaway. So these... Defensive miscues, misreads, um, miscommunications are what's killing the Oilers. I I know that the Oilers uh, goaltending save percentage. People keep pointing to that. The Oilers need a goalie. Well, I don't care who's playing that for the Oilers tonight. Um, Those are are still going in. The Oilers are just making mistakes. The first 40 minutes, the Oilers were not good in this hockey game. Uh, The Carolina Hurricanes was 5-2 after 2, it should have been 7 or 8-2. They missed open nets, they hit posts, uh, and there was a couple big saves. Now the third pair the Oilers played better, but when you're down four goals early, you're chasing. Everything has to go right for you. You got to get all the calls your way. It has to be posting in instead of posting out. Um, the opposite. You need big. Sa- you need everything to go right for you. And the others pushed in the third period, but the hill was too big. Mm-hmm. So to me, uh, it, it, it's the same thing that play. This is game 18 tonight, I believe. The same problem in game 18 was the same problem they had in game 10. Same problem they had in game five, and the same problem they had in game one. Yep. Their defensive play. And not zone coverage, man-on-man coverage. Nothing to do with that. Their dis- defensive play, their their decision-making, their back-checking, their slot ch- chances open, uh, The having too many forwards too low in the offensive zone so when it comes out it's an odd man break the other way. All of those things are the exact same problems that they've had in all as- in, in all 18 games this season and they've, they have won three in a row in those three games they played one really good game one okay game and one game they shouldn't have won so this is uh, it, it, <laughs> we talked earlier the year Reed, and we said in the, after every game it's don't worry it's early don't worry it's early well 18 games we're two games away from it being the quarter point of the season and the Edmonton Oilers are still doing all the things wrong that has hurt them right from day one of this season, and it hasn't been corrected.
2: Yeah. Well, I think the first period tonight was as bad as any. Unfortunately, there have been some pretty bad periods this year, but that was was as bad as any that we've seen. And... You made a great point during the third period, where you, where you said it's hard to believe this is the same team <laughs> that couldn't even uh, get a good scoring chance through the first two periods. Now, again, the the score affects. Yep. Uh, I'm sure Rod brindemore was thinking, "Come on, guys, put the game away." But like you said, Edmonton needed everything perfect. But that's, I think, that's going to add to the frustration for for all the Oilers fans. I mean, the losing is is bad enough, especially with how frequently it's happening. But where is that fire? after Carolina takes a one nothing lead or yeah. after they take a 2 nothing lead or even at the start of the second period. I mean, you're down 4-1. You're not in a great spot, but you you got you to gotta have a little bit of juice in the offensive end before the game is out of hand. I mean, the, to me, the score is dressed up a little bit in Edmonton's
3: favor. I, I 100% agree with you. And had the Oilers had the urgency in the beginning of the second period as they did at the beginning of the third period, you know, maybe they come out of that second period just down two. Or maybe they can come within one. And then they set themselves up where a third period now they have a chance. But their second period, they had four shots on net. They scored on one of them. They had four shots on net in that period. And this is a period where you're trailing 4-1 going into. This is a period where you've got to push to try to get back in this hockey game. You don't do it when you're down 5-1. You do it when you're down 2-0. Because when you're down 5-1 and you have a push, odds say you're not going to come back right. in that game. Do it when you're down 2-0 or 2-1 or whatever. If that's when you have your push, well, now... and Great example, the last two games the Oilers played before this, they played Tampa, they played Florida. Both teams were down 2 nothing. When did those teams have their push? Both teams scored the next goal. Yep. And that's the difference between what the Oilers have been doing and what teams are doing against them. Tonight, the Oilers did not start playing until it was 5-2 in the third period.
2: Yeah, and it adds up to uh, yet another defeat for the Edmonton Oilers. And uh, this guy's record as head coach of the team now drops to 2-3. and He's at the mic for Eclipse Restoration. Named one of Western Canada's best restoration contractors three years in a row. Call 780-250-HELP or visit eclipse247.ca. Head coach Chris Knobloch.
4: Perhaps putting a full 60 together. Maybe where's the concern level at when you kind of start as slow as you did tonight?
5: Um, yeah, no, we didn't give ourselves any favours there. Um, made it harder for us. Uh, and I just see a lot of guys who who are working hard, do care, um, are so worried about making mistakes, and ultimately it's paralyzing us and holding us back and um, just not playing with our instincts. And, um, yeah, we just have to get away from it. And you see on the third period where we had nothing to lose. We just went out there and played a really simple game. We were fast and um, very direct, and um, we dictated um, a lot of the play. So we just have to do more of that.
4: Coach, you talked about uh, making mistakes. How do you maybe coach that out of your group?
5: Um, I don't know if there's, well, there's coaching as in the, the systems, make sure everyone's doing the right things and being in the right spots. And whoever has the puck, he knows his outs and he knows where his support is so he can make those plays. So I guess the coaching part is um, getting those guys in the right spots. But a lot of it's just uh, feel um, and knowing when to hold the puck and what the next play is going to be. Um, but if we can get all the guys together, moving in sync, and that'll certainly um, reduce the uh, mistakes. That second intermission, was there anything sort of specifically said, or just a a realization that we got 20 minutes to try and get back into this, and that's why we saw what we saw from your team? Um, Yeah, no, there was a message. It was was simple, it was direct with the the guys, and um, whether it was what I said, or probably one of the leaders, what they said, um, you know, I think they just put the first 40 behind, and Um, Like I said, there was nothing to lose. You know, it was very difficult to come back in a game like that, but I thought we had every opportunity to. Um, We had a lot of good scoring chances, and um, their goalie made some saves, and, you know, we had a little opportunity there at the end of the game. Unfortunately, we didn't get the uh, puck on the faceoff, but, um, you know, there's there's things to build off of uh, from the third period. What did you make of the Darnell Nurse situation? Uh, kind of what you knew about it. If you expected him to be out there, it was a bit of a crazy warm up into the beginning of the game, anyways. Um, yeah, it was very ironic that um, I was just the night before, two nights before, when we we're in Florida. Um, I asked Stewie if how long or if he ever if he never wore a helmet for warm ups, and he said no. I always wore a helmet. Uh, that and um yeah very fortunate uh, just puck and we saw it on the video where puck came off the crossbar straight into him um and um yeah we had a player come down and had him on call uh, in case we um we were going to dress him and um yeah he obviously had some stitches and some some work done and he uh, was able to come out after the first shift
2: Thanks, Thanks. Thank All right, Chris Knobloch, after the Oilers lose 6-3 to the Carolina Hurricanes, he mentioned in the third period they kind of just came out and worked and played direct and almost played like they had nothing to lose, which kind of was true because the game was more or less lost at that point. I I mean, Rob, this this is at the risk of asking an incredibly stupid question.
3: There's no such thing as a
2: stupid question. are, Are the Oilers making mistakes because they are so afraid to make a mistake?
3: At no, times, I don't believe so. I do believe that, um, at times, uh, the Oilers overthink things. Uh, that's but, that's kind of what I'm getting. But at. I don't There's I don't think they're. <laughs> I mean, I, mm, I don't know. I mean, the mistakes they're making are not mistakes where they have a puck and they're overthinking it with the puck. Some of them are just. <laughs> bonehead mistakes, mm-hmm. things where I'm going to go pinch here and, oh, geez, I forgot there's a guy behind me or there's a guy standing there, but he's probably not going to get the puck. Oh, there he, he got it. So I don't think those are ones where they're tense and they're making mistakes. Um, but I, but in all honesty, it's... I'm having a hard time explaining because this, I've been around this team for a long time and around a lot of these players and seen, seen them play for a number of years. What I'm seeing right now is no, has no resemblance to what I've seen in the past. Right. This is a team that as you and I, uh, during the first period, we looked at all of the, uh, was it? one of the sports channels at Sportsnet that listed all their winners of the Stanley oh, yeah, Cup. Oh, yeah, the predictions. Yeah, yeah. and half, over half of them had predicted the Oilers to win the Stanley Cup. And I remember reading a thing where a, everyone had them, every single person had them in the top four. And it's the same team. So everyone knows what this team is capable of doing. Now, I know that the save percentage isn't where it's supposed to be, but that's not everything that's killing the Oilers. Their power is not near as good. The penalty killing's been terrible. Uh, they're giving up more slot shots than any team in the National Hockey League. Uh, tonight, they gave up the three empty net backdoor goals. This is a team that we saw not only dominate like they were eight was it 18 and two at the end of the season last year something like that was their record and their goals against average was fantastic so they're capable of so much more than we've seen so i'm at an absolute loss i do believe this though i believe that they they put a target target on their back not just for other teams when they said cup or bust Mm -hmm. it wasn't just for the other teams coming in that team right there that's a stanley cup contender we've got to be ready for them. They put it also for the media and for the fans. So now everyone's expectations was so high. So when they didn't uh, reach them or when they all of a sudden had a couple losses at the beginning of the year, because of that the pressure became so much more because everyone thought this was a Stanley Cup team. If it would have just been a playoff team okay, this is not how it's supposed to start, but we're going to get better but because the expectation was so high, then the pr- pr- the pressure became so much more and you players that I've never seen have pressure affect them, like Connor and Leon, you could see it in their faces in these games, that the frustration was was starting to get in, creep into their game. So they put that added pressure on it, and I do believe the 8-1 game that started this season off was a shock to the system, and I don't know if they've recovered from that.
2: Yeah, it's it's interesting to to talk about that what the you know most of the same team is back and now it looks like yet it, it looks like a completely different team i, I mean if they flipped the script on expectations. I mean, we've had callers call in and say this the season's over and yep. sell off. And I had a guy call into Inside Sports last night and, and said he doesn't watch all the games anymore. So nobody's expecting much from them anymore. Um, but, yeah, we've been, we've talked about that a little bit, too. I mean, Drew Remender was on my show a couple of weeks ago, and he said – he goes, did they – like I, I think it's good to have high expectations. One like, hundred percent, and you know internally you should. Yeah, we don't get that channel, Rob. We <laughs> can't we, believe they. We they, don't. We don't get the Montreal regional channel. Sorry, that's ridiculous. You gotta find something I, else. We,
3: we, I pay for all the <laughs> TSNs, not here, of course, because we're not at my house.
2: Yes, that's okay. But. But you know, Drew said there. I can't remember the there was a coach in the past who said your head has to be where your feet are, and uh, I do wonder if they were so much thinking, okay, we're a Stanley Cup contender, we're a Stanley Cup contender. They they forgot about not just the first 82 games of the season about about game one, but that thinking should be should be gone by now. But uh, continually, as as we've talked about it. I, I mean we're we're kind of they're, they're kind of getting to the results more or less the same way you know bad bad coverage bad turnovers mm-hmm. um, don't get a key save though again like you said i, I don't know uh, uh, an all-star goaltender would help I don't know if they're, they're, they're so bad dispensally some nights I don't know if an all-star goaltender would have them with 14 wins no or something like that and then uh, again at the other end I mean 12 shots in two periods. 12 shots. And that's when you're losing. And that's when they're usually, losing. Usually was like, it score like effects. Four. I said after the second period. They could have scored on all their shots in the second period, and they only would have been tied. You know? So uh, I, I guess the special teams were a little more of a positive tonight, but uh, but a lot of nights those have been negative. So it it it's a big job, Rob, because they could do two or three things a lot better, And they're still deficient and probably losing most of their games. Yeah, well, they have been losing most. But that's what I'm saying. If if they're better in a few areas, they're probably still a below 500 team.
3: Well, yeah, yeah. it's befuddling. Um, I I don't. uh, It's. It, it, they got to get back to basics. I mean, this is a team that's not even close to basics when it comes to playing without the puck. Uh, they're not on the proper side defensively. They fly the zone when they shouldn't. They don't have the proper centerman support when the winger has it on the boards in the defensive zone. Uh, they're, a great example tonight was the one goal where Kulak was standing in front of his net by himself with two Hurricanes. They did first didn't get in the shooting lane from the defenseman, and second, the, the guy's not... In in the shooting lane, and now where's the other defenseman or forward? Because now there's two Hurricanes, one player in front. I mean, those have nothing to do with defensive coverage because whether you're playing zone or playing man-on-man, they're still sh- you're you're missing a guy in front of your own net. Right. And the Oilers don't get into shooting lanes, which allows more shots to get on net, which creates more battles in front of the net. The Oilers give up, and I don't know what the stat is, but between tips and rebounds or direct shots from distance, the Oilers give up a lot. And people say, well, that goaltender... But it wouldn't even be a goaltending issue if the player was in the shooting lane and that puck would now have to be shot wide or get shot into some shin pads or something. Yep. But to me, and then another great it was the The, the nature goal. I mean that's campfire defense. Sit around our watch. There's, there's four Oilers and one red jersey there, one Carolina hurricane that not only got the first shot. But he got the rebound and toe-dragged it so that he got it around the pad and then shot it again. And not one time, or not one moment, was he touched with a stick or a hand or a body. And if you look at Hyman's goal tonight, scored from in front of that, but he was a guy was draped on him when he scored that. Um, every time an Oiler was around, there was like you said by well, Cameron, who was got absolutely crushed in front of that. We thought there should not been a cross check, but every time an Oiler was in the blue paint, there was it was contested. There was sticks, there was gloves, there were bodies. The Oilers are just uh, not. Determined enough Not urgent enough When it comes to Defending their blue paint Yep Well and
2: even I mean scoring 11 goals As as bad as they were Offensively at times Tonight They do have 11 goals In their
3: last three games On the road You should have a win You think you should have one win? In three games, that's almost four goals a game on the road. Yeah, That that should be three points out of six.
2: Or sorry, ten goals, three, three, and four. Still.
3: Still, that should get you three points on the road. And it's gotten you zero. And, I mean, in all three of those games, you've lost by multiple goals. Now, empty nets, yes, but uh, it's... And what have the Oilers got now? One overtime? No, they don't have an overtime loss yet. Yeah, the
2: Jets beat them in overtime. Oh, that's just, they got one
3: overtime point this year. So it's, when they're losing, they're losing by multiples, so they're not getting that that point. And at the end of the year, I don't know if you call them loser points or whatever you want to call them, five or six of those over the course of the year makes a big difference in the standings. And the Oilers, because they haven't been close in these games, don't even have the benefit of trying to compete to get that extra point that'll allow them to move up in the standing. So it was uh, 20 minutes of pretty good hockey for the Oilers tonight against the Carolina Hurricane Kane team. That is not going to get you a victory. 6-3, Carolina wins
2: it. That's a $300 donation to 6-3. said, anonymous from James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. They give $100 every time the Oilers score. So, yeah, again, the story tonight, if you missed it, 4 nothing Carolina. 14:48 48 into the game. They got four goals in five minutes and 31 seconds. Skinner was pulled after allowing four goals on 12 shots. Pickard went the rest of the way, allowed one goal on 14 shots. Made a great save late in the third. It's probably going to wind up being the saving of the game highlight that Kellen plays a little bit later. Uh, as you would expect, the three stars are all Hurricanes, Jarvis, Teravinen, and Chatfield, our fourth star for Jandell Holmes, Alberta's premier modular home retailer. I guess we'll give it to Zach Hyman who uh, is now up to 10 goals on the season in 18 games, so that's a pretty good pace for him. Uh, Hyman played 20-25 tonight, wound up even. He had five shots on goal and five other attempts that were blocked or missed the net.
3: Hyman was excellent this hockey game. Um, He's one of the players that was good from the beginning to the end, and it it is scary that the season, he, he is having a very good season on a team that's having a very, very bad season. All right. We got more post-game reaction
2: coming up, and we'll get to uh, some of your reaction as well. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three is the hotline presented by Certainty, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. Certainty, pro all the way. It's another loss for the Oilers, six three in Carolina.
1: Hockey is brought to you by The Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 Chance. My riser that comes to the right in front of the net. Oh, and a save by Pickard with the right pad.
2: Yeah, that was a great save by Pickard late in the third period. Just over two minutes left. That's the save of the game for Crystal Glass. Call 310 Glass or crystalglass.ca but uh all for naught, six three Carolina wins it tonight. Fost, Drury, Teravainen, and, and Jarvis in a span of five thirty one in the first period. Hyman got a power play goal late in the first. Natichs scored early in the second to make it five one. Aho had a goal disallowed after the Oilers successfully challenged for offside. short shorthanded with two twelve left in the second period, so five two Carolina after two. Hyman scored his tenth of the season four forty six. Make that 3.46 into the third period, and uh, then a long-range shorthanded empty netter by Burns with a minute four left to seal it off. So 6-3, Carolina wins. Uh, Who do you put in goal on Friday afternoon?
3: I I think you go back to Skinner. Um, Pickard came in, he played well. Um, He didn't get tested a whole lot, made a big save that actually gave them a glimpse of hope in the third period but if this team is going to go on a run it's going to have to go on the run of their you know all-star goaltender Stuart Skinner so I believe Stuart Skinner will be I mean uh, the, the he gave up four goals three of them were backdoor tap-ins they weren't his fault and then was the fourth was a breakaway uh, to me I go with Stuart Skinner
2: alright nine six zero zero six three. we have Brian on the line hey Brian go ahead yeah I'm with you are you there yeah we're here
0: yeah i just uh had a couple comments uh number one we've a lot of time we talked about coaching lately and i think the coaches are not at all responsible for this performance uh, the onus is on mcd dry and nurse they're the team leaders pick it up and be team leaders and don't act like high paid irresponsible babies uh Also, no physicality from the Oilers. And I'd love to hear some comments from Paul Coffey about the defense.
2: Okay, well, I think that we, I mean, you mentioned that three of the best players on the team. They, they have not been good enough, and Rob and I have talked about that, that that even some of the losses, the, the bottom six guys have outplayed the, the top six guys. Oh, 100%. Uh, I think we can do without calling people babies, guys. Like, let's see, be a little better than that. Um, I, I don't know if we're going to hear from Paul Coffey. Uh, I mean, the, to me, that was a, a surprising hire. So we've <laughs> we got to see how he does.
3: It's It was surprising. Well, I'm trying to think. Over the course of the years we've done that, there was an occasional appearance by an assistant coach, but it was very, very rare. Uh, usually the media uh, only wants to talk to the, the head coach, but then again, the assistant coach isn't normally a hockey hall of famer like Paul Coffey, but um, yeah, I, I agree with you on the fact that uh, this is on, it's not the coaching right now, this is, this is on the players. The players have to be better. The last coach they had was good. The one they had before that was good. The one they had before that was good. At some point, the players have to take ownership. This team is a better team than they've shown through the first 18 games this year.
2: Yeah. Well, and I mean, I, the, the day uh, Woody was, uh, and I, you know, we've covered a few coaching changes. And, and in the grand scheme of things, I haven't been on the Oilers Beat that long. Uh, <laughs> I've, I've covered a few. Uh, and then the, to me, this was the most surprising. I mean, I get what his, his record was. But but again, we're seeing the same problems here, regardless of the coach lately. We'll see if uh, Chris Knobloch can have uh, a long-term effect on anything. Uh, Brian mentioned the physicality as well. I mean, they can. I mean, they <laughs> yeah. they can. But I think that's just part of the general almost detachment from the game That I mean they looked physical in the third period there when they it. finally decided to forecheck but but it's it's not there nearly enough
3: No 100% and we've seen when this team is physical that they can be effective and they can be physical from top to bottom. Leon and Connor at times have led them physically. I think right now you just have a completely frustrated and uh, flabbergasted hockey club that I don't know if they know what they should be doing Oilers lose 6-3 whenever Edmonton scores five or more in a game.
2: We turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com. Allows you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village. now open for lunch at Edmonton South and West Edmonton Mall. An afternoon celebration for the senses. Visit JVEdmonton.ca. You'll hear from Ryan Nugent Hopkins when we get back. Heartland Ford, Overtime Open Line.
1: Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 Chad. All right. Thanks for tuning in tonight.
2: 6-3 Carolina over Edmonton tonight. The uh, Oilers were one for four on the power play. Carolina 0 for five. Matias Ekholm scored a shorthanded goal. The power play update for Conlon Motorsports. to will help get you out there. Visit one of Conlon Motorsports' four locations across Alberta or online at conlonmotorsports.ca. Uh, so the Oilers power play does score tonight. Uh, I think they, what did they say? It was nine seconds? Five seconds. Five seconds. After they won a face-off. So that was pretty good. Um, uh, you know, again, though, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to count the Pesci power play because they, they won the draw and Burns iced it and it went in. But Hyman scores, and a couple minutes later, Edmonton got a power play. Mm-hmm. Could have made it 5-4, would have been still 12 or 13 minutes left. And again, they they didn't really threaten on it, which no. is which is interesting because a lot of the Oilers, maybe not a lot, but I, I feel like there's a significant number of power plays in which the Oilers don't score and they don't threaten which is different from last season, where they might go, they might have a one for four night. But at the end of the night, you're thinking, geez, they they could have gone three for four. I mean,
3: well, we we've seen those nights where they have eleven grade A scoring chances on their power play alone, and sometimes the the opposition goaltender has a great night, and sometimes uh, you're hitting post and out instead of post and in. But you, again, it was the Oilers had that chance on the power play in the third period, a big moment where it could pull within one and, uh, I mean, they could barely get the puck in their zone. And this is a team that, you know, it's it's automatic that they set up in the offensive zone because uh, they got Connor bringing it up. But the one thing that we have seen, and all great players do it, when things are going sideways, you try to do more. And sometimes by trying to do more, you get yourself into trouble. And that's the one thing that I think we've seen with both Leon and Connor, but a lot with Connor, especially tonight and on this road trip, he's trying to do more. He's trying to will his team on his own. And on that power play, a couple times he tried uh, coming in and lost control of the puck and lost the puck and they shot it down or forcing a pass. And that's just on a leader that's trying too hard right now to get his team going in the right direction.
2: The Oil Kings, meanwhile, trail Brandon 5-3 after two at Rogers Place. The scoreboard for Advantage Trailer Rentals, your one-stop source for commercial trailer rentals. Visit AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. Looking around the NHL... 12 minutes, in, actually not even, 11 minutes into the game. Seattle leading San Jose 3-0. Canucks up 1-0 on the abs late in the first. Canadians lead the Ducks 2-0 in the first. After one, Golden Knights with a 1-0 lead on the Stars. Early second period, Nashville up 2-1 on Calgary. Late second period, Blues and Coyotes 5-5.
3: That's a fun one. I like that one.
2: Uh, <laughs> Hitch does not <laughs> uh, Islanders beat the Flyers 3-2 Capitals over the Sabres 4-3 in overtime Oilers in Washington on Friday Jets beat the Lightning 3-2 in overtime Rangers blank the Penguins 1-zip Boston wins 3-1 in Florida Blue Jackets take down Chicago 7-3 Red Wings shut out the Devils 4 nothing. right here on 630 Chet Hurricane 6 Oilers 3 We have Joseph on the Teed Hotline Hi Joseph go ahead please
0: Hey how you doing? Good Good. You know, I'm really very disappointed in the Oilers. You know, after 18 games, we're still talking about the same issues with, it, with the team. You know, the problem is they're conceding goals, and when you concede goals, it's your defense. And that's as obvious as the nose on your face. You have, you have Nurse skating around, as is Lisa in La La Land. You have Bouchard going forward taking shots and he's letting in goals. He's a defender. He should be defending. It's an absolute disgrace. People in Edmonton are angry because we are paying to go and see the Oilers. We are paying big money to go and fill those seats. And what we're getting is a disgrace. I'm telling you, those players need a good kick up you know where.
2: Okay. okay, thanks Joseph. We appreciate it um well it it's defending. It's, it's every, all the skaters on the ice oh, to me.
3: It, there, there's not a single player on the on the Edmonton Oilers who can say that they have been good defensively this year. Not one. And that starts from the top to the bottom. And it's not, you can point out defensemen on the back end who have had some big boo-boos this year. But I can find just as many mistakes made by players up front in their lineup as well. So the Oilers are not defending well at all. And, well, it's pretty obvious. I mean, they've given up, was it, 20 goals on this road trip? Or tw- Sorry, 20 goals in the five games since the new coach took over. So that's... I mean, they're averaging four goals against. That's not just all on your defense. That's on a, a lack of uh, commitment to detail by all 18 skaters in the game. Yep.
2: All right. Let's uh, go back to Carolina. Here from Oilers forward Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Ryan, uh, what do you think
4: contributed to such a slow start tonight? Um, I mean, we were just slow with the puck, slow with our feet um, we, we <coughs> I mean if you play long enough against these guys you know that they start fast and uh, put the puck behind you and make it work for, uh, for especially early in the game um, we talked about it and uh, I mean obviously uh, it just wasn't good enough to start and, uh, it's tough to get behind two, three goals on a team like this and expect to uh, come back Everyone talked about how important of a road trip this was for your group. You guys had a three-game winning streak. What do you think you're not seeing from your team right now that's not allowing you to see some positive results? Well, I mean, we're just not finding finding ways to get the job done at the end of the day. I mean, I thought Tampa played really well. Uh, Didn't find a way to win. Florida... um, pretty even game uh, same thing tonight obviously just a poor start um, and we're trying to claw our way back the whole game so um, yeah I mean there's not a lot to say. Uh, it's, uh we just gotta have a good skate tomorrow and uh, try to have a big win on Friday any consolation in the third period um, an awful lot of quality looks not just shots but good looks in the third yeah I, th- I thought the way we pressed was good um we gave herself a chance at least uh i thought we were putting pucks on putting pucks behind their d making d turn that's a good d core back there but uh um you put pucks behind and put pressure on any d core uh it makes it a tough night and uh, we did that <clears throat> in the third but um we need to understand that that's how we're going to win games and um we need to do that for a full 60.
2: All right, that's Ryan Nugent-Hopkins, who had an assist tonight in 1904 of ice time. Uh, Went 10 out of 15 in the face-off circle. Uh, Had a shot on goal as well. Well, and he talked about getting pucks in behind the – and sometimes, Rob, when I'm watching and they're trying a a dipsy-doodle or a pass at the blue line, I'm thinking when you're struggling, do you need to just put it behind the other team's icing line? And, and see if you can put them under stress a
3: little bit? Well, it's not even putting it under, the, getting it to the line, it's putting it about 10 feet behind the defense. And So as you're coming down, if the defenseman wants to stand you up, just bounce it off the boards, and now it's a race. And the race is between you and the defender that's skating backwards, so you have that advantage. If you put it too far down, well that means the offside defenseman's gonna come over and get the puck, and you lose the advantage. It's just skating down, instead of trying to beat that defenseman, Put it off the boards and try to go around him because you're going to win those races. And for some reason, teams don't always have the willingness to do that. It doesn't look as pretty. And it's a little harder work. Uh, but in the third period, that's what the others just kept doing. And then uh, the pressure. They just kept pressuring the Carolina Hurricanes. And even good teams will turn the puck over. And mm-hmm. we saw that in the third period. Carolina couldn't get the puck out three or four shifts. And the others were getting three, four, five opportunities. Uh, to take the puck to the net. But the one thing that you saw, even when the Carolina Hurricanes were under duress, and they were most of the third period, they always had five guys in front of the net. So there was never that easy tap-in goal. Everything the Oilers tried to get, they had to work for. So uh, the Oilers were much better, as Nugent Hopkins said, just trying to win races, win battles. And they did a good job of it. Unfortunately, they did it 40 minutes too late.
2: Yeah, you're waking up way too late tonight. AH is on the line as well. Go ahead, AH. Hey, Reed Rob. Hello. So I guess I'm
6: going to be the odd man out here, or based off your other callers, because um, I really liked once they put Nurse and Dayarnae together.
3: Yeah, you're right. They did make a lot of uh, changes to their defensive core, and it was funny. I was sitting here with Reed, and I'm going, okay, wait a sec. They got CC and Kulak together. Does that mean? And then about two shifts later, here came Nurse and Dayarnae. So... Uh, having Nurse and Dayrnae, you certainly have a guy that likes to free will and Darnell Nurse with a guy that is not going to. It's almost like sometimes Dayrnae has a rope on the back of him so that once he gets to the red line, the rope <laughs> reaches and pulls him back. He's like, no, 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 kid, you're not going further than this. Dayrnae knows his role. So. I don't know, if that something they're going to go forward with? Is that something they just did tonight because it was so bad through 40 minutes? But I think with a team that has given up as many goals against as the Oilers have this year, uh, the new coaching staff is willing to try just about anything. I, well, like, them. I like them together. Yep. Well, I mean, yeah. the, the, the best period the Oilers had was the third period when they were together. Uh, it'll be interesting going forward to see if they try that again. Um, uh, obviously they didn't like the Broberg experiment tonight because Broberg only played five minutes I know Bob said he didn't see much out of him but in all honesty we didn't see much of him Yeah, I, when don't,
6: think, I don't think that's fair with Broberg like he he's being set up to be to
3: fail honestly
2: yeah I, I agree with yeah. you actually can't yeah. argue that at all you're yeah. right yeah thanks AH talk to you again soon yeah Broberg uh, yeah well you said at 455 only played Nine shifts. What did DeHarnay get up oh, to? Six sixteen, 16. twenty seven. I but it's also at the point with the D pairings on the line combo is like him out of a hat. <laughs> I mean t- t- like the, the third period, uh and, and you know, Hamblin still got some shifts and yep. actually Hamlin had two chances in two front of the net that he, he couldn't get all of the pocket. I think he got checked on one and I think he just kind of partially the other, missed yeah. the other one. But if you get in and work on and play on a straight line, you're going to have the puck around the other team's net. I mean, they, I don't, I'm not saying they're worried about it, but don't, don't worry about who you're playing with. Go out and play hard and play responsible, and, and things should work regardless of your line mates or your, your deep partner.
3: Now, there is something to be said for consistency. Oh, sure. Knowing who you're playing with, having read, knowing where his tendencies are, what he's going to do, what he's not going to do, where I can put the puck, where I can't put the puck. But when it's going so wrong... And after 40 minutes, you have 11 shots on net. The coaching staff said, okay, well, this ain't working. And I'm not sure I have a lot of faith that it's going to start working in the third period, so we're going to switch things up again. Um, It's a new coach. I mean, all the things that we as fans or as media people have seen that has worked and hasn't worked in the past, well, He does, I'm not sure he had all the other's games on every night when he was working in different organizations, so he's trying to find out himself which is the right combinations and unfortunately he hasn't found those yet. Madison has
2: the right combination to get a $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. It has set the line, and two teams coming into this game averaging 34 shots on goal. So I set the line, total shots on goal at 68.5. It is well under as the shots finish 27-23 in favor of the Hurricanes. Okay, we'll get to a couple more of your phone calls, and you'll hear from Evander Kane. Oilers drop another one, 6-3 to the Canes. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line.
1: Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 chance.
2: Zach Hyman scores twice. Matthias Ekholm scores shorthanded, but the Oilers lose 6-3 to the Hurricanes. Darnell Nurse wound up playing 20 minutes and 50 seconds uh, with a bandage over his eye. I think with the gauze might have come out of the nose eventually. So he gets hit with a puck in warm-up, Rob. And yeah. i, I, I got to say this. I, I'm still surprised that there are some players who don't wear a helmet in warm-up, and Nerfs wasn't wearing one.
3: Yeah, I I played with guys. when I Even when I was playing, and that was a long, long time ago, most players started wearing helmets in warm-up simply because that's the most dangerous time. There's 30, 40 pucks in your zone. And and the, the, the drill that... Nurse got hit on. it, It's so just a butterfly where guys go around the outside, down the middle, and everyone's shooting pucks. Every player is trying to go bar down and when you go bar down, every once in a while you hit the bar and it comes straight back, and I think it was Philip Broberg hit the bar, came right back and hit Nurse in the eye, and it looked like the ball, the puck turned so that he got the full puck, like the whole big round puck, got him above his eye, cut him wide open, hit him on the nose, looks like his nose might be broken, and he had to play the first period with the gauze up his nose, which makes it very hard to breathe, really hard to breathe. It'll affect the way you recover on the bench. Uh, but yeah, I uh, some guys just don't feel comfortable. Some guys enjoy having the the air growing. Uh, well, for some guys in the hair, or just some guys you know, just on the bald <laughs> scalp. Right. But you do like, you enjoy that. Uh, but there is that. And I have in my day two or three different guys that I've played with have been hit in warm-up that way and missed games because the puck coming back hit them hard enough to knock them out.
2: All right. I believe we have a caller coming in from Idaho tonight. RJ on the line. RJ, thanks for listening in Idaho. Go ahead. Howdy, guys. I just wanted to
7: think about the defensive structure of the Oilers just for a second because they went through a coaching change uh, and uh, Woodcroft was in the midst of recreating a defensive assignment culture with the Oilers. And it breaks my heart listening to the games, and I always listen. I think they're going to turn it around when everything happens, but... Uh, there's been a, a. The Oilers are brainy. They think hard. They set things up. You know, they win a face off with a chess player like Bob Rofsky and they want to cycle it around and give him more time to figure out where the threats are, and he can make a spectacular save. You know, crash and chaos can rule the day. Yep. But at the same time, Uh, the first rule of shop etiquette is never assume someone else is going to do it. You see a bunch of rags on the floor, pick them up, recycle them, go get it, go get it. And, and you know what? It's not as sexy as wearing a hard hat, but just never assume someone else is going to do it. And these are professional athletes who have way faster, uh, reflexes than we do. And, are drafted for their vision to, to scan positions of everybody else and say, oh, somebody's stick's getting held. Yeah. Somebody's got cross-checked. Somebody just got tripped.
2: Well, I, f- I feel like what you're saying, RJ, is, is, is play in a straight line and the old Bill Belichick thing with the Patriots. Do your job, right? Like, do, do your job. Ab- ab- absolute. And, yeah. You know, nobody should be playing scared. Defensemen.
7: If you've got the initiative, you've got the speed, go activate.
3: right. Thanks, RJ. The problem I don't think for the Oilers is I think sometimes some of the players, their first thought process is how can I turn this into an offensive play instead of how can I be on the right and proper defensive side of things. And when you have a lot of offensive players on your team, you've got to break that habit. And unfortunately, that habit isn't broken because if you go through all the goals, you can find where the players tried to make a decision that would help them offensively as opposed to play making the safe play that would have helped them and put them in a better defensive position.
2: Yeah, that's a good point. And actually, uh, I got a really good message uh, during the day yesterday. I, I didn't get around to reading it on my show, but maybe I'll pop it in tomorrow. But the, the listener basically said there are... Because, you know, Bouchard is getting heaped on a yep. little bit. Mm-hmm. And, and this lister said, you know, a lot of the de- defensemen who are getting drafted highly now are drafted because they're offensive defensemen. And yep. then you're almost asking them to break habits that they've had since they were kids. And it's easier to defend when you're in minor hockey, you know, and the True. talent isn't a deep.
3: But then you look around the leagues at the Cal McCars and the Quinn Hughes and players like that, who I'm guessing were not. No, that's right. their defense. Saying. Yeah,
2: they are better than Bush and, has been for and, sure. And
3: they just, I mean, it's, it's just, again, it's learned. It's, it's just decision-making that there's a time to jump in. There's a time not to. And, I mean, that's a great example for Bouchard is if I was coaching staff, find video of other players. And you and I have been watching it, too, where we'll say, okay, look at that defenseman right there. has a 50-50 puck. He could have come in and tried to poke that forward, but he just played it safe and he backed off against the Oilers. So the Oilers, one of the reasons they're not getting a lot of odd man rushes is teams are taking the 50-50 decision is always... Defense always the safe one. Whereas yeah. some of the Oilers, their fifty-fifty decision is the right. offensive side, and when it doesn't work out, well, then it becomes catastrophic. Right, and then it
2: and then it heaps on it because they're not just playing tonight's game; they're playing all the games they've lost this season. And maybe they're thinking, okay, it can't go wrong. We got to get a lead. We got to. Yeah. I got to. I got to make. So I got to be hero mode here. You know. I don't yeah. know. Like, and it's just spinning cool. out of control night after night. Sure. Uh, we got AJ on the line as well. Hey, AJ.
6: Hey, guys. I just want to be, uh, make a few points here with you guys, and then you guys can,
2: uh, Tell you what, AJ, pick your two favorite points. Your two favorite points, because we got other Here's people on hold.
6: Point, two favorite points are, okay, beginning of season, they uh, didn't dress full lineup during training camp. Team didn't get to, like, play together. There's like, maybe two or three guys fighting for the last two spots on the team. Vancouver, just their whole roster, basically all training camp. They got ready for the season. Okay. The Oilers didn't get ready for a season. And Woodcroft, he was a good coach. Sad to see him get fired. But you know what? He should have dressed full lineup and just had everybody who was fighting for those last two spots going in and out of the lineup and getting the team gelling before the season. Okay, and then the next point is defense. <clears throat> you got Bouchard, and you got Nurse. You pay Nurse $9 million. He's making Chris Pronger money, but Chris Pronger could play defense, and he could play offense. Okay, yeah, you can't compare and him I, to Chris I, Pronger. No, 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 don't, You can't. I know, no, I know, I know, but, but I'm talking about the money, okay? Yep, you can't talk about no, the money. That I, has nothing okay, to do okay, with it. No, I know, but let me finish. Okay. Let me finish, okay. and then you guys can chime in. Okay? okay?
2: No, 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 no! He's so making the rules now. I don't like that.
6: No, I'm sorry, guys, but you got to make a choice. Like,
3: either you're going to have Bouchard or you're going to have Nurse. Okay? You can't. Well, you can't make that choice. They came at different times. They'd already signed Nurse, and then Bouchard came as a young player. Then they got Bouchard. You can't really make choices on which one you want to keep at that point. Okay, and you just to go to your first one in the preseason. Quinn Hughes played three games. Besser played four, Pedersen played three, JT Miller played three, Tyler Myers played four, so they didn't, Vancouver Canucks didn't play all their players in the preseason. They played, every team plays all the players the exact same amount. They usually play half as many.
2: All right, let's hear from Oilers forward Evander Kane.
4: Evander, that's a really good hockey team on the other side. Can you talk about how difficult it is to maybe come back from such a slow start? Well, I mean, yeah, we had a terrible start, so... Um anytime you give any team whether they're good or not very good 4 nothing lead it's tough to come back from what attributed to the slow start you think uh, no energy they were faster uh, they kept it simple uh, we couldn't handle that pressure um, you know we didn't didn't handle the pressure well at all and they capitalized on our opportunities I'll be going to sit on this one for a few minutes how does a team as a collective move on from an effort like this Good question. Good question. Um, I think we just have to focus on the next game. It's been redundant. It's been uh, you know, the same kind of message after a lot of games this season, too many games this season. So move on get ready for the next one.
2: Well, they've uh, had a lot of practice moving on from losses this season. Uh, 18th game, they're 5-12-1. They suffered their 12th regulation loss in their 26th game last year uh we will get to slim on the certainty hotline go ahead slim
5: oh hey guys uh what the oiler okay here's what we're devoid of now what we used to have was like we need a penalty killer like kelly buckberger remember kelly buckberger he was a pretty good penalty killer before he left and went to atlanta uh he was a fearless shot blocker we don't have anything like that we're almost devoid of, of blocking shots now um uh, am I crazy read to say this and maybe, uh, give uh, what would, would it hurt to call Olivia Rodriguez? up? I mean, what, you know, what, what, I mean, we got nothing. What else are we going to do? And, and you might even think I'm a nut bar saying this, Reed. Uh I don't know what the hell is Miko Koskinen doing? Would he come back for a couple million <laughs> well, bucks? I don't know. Yeah, probably not. I mean, if it doesn't, if, if, Rodrigue
2: keeps doing well in the minors, yeah, it, you never, you never know. Yeah. I mean, you, you never know at this point. Um, But the penalty-killing observation, I thought, Rob, was a good one. You've brought that up a lot.
3: The Oilers are not a good shot-blocking team up front. Uh, They don't get into the shooting lanes as much as they should. Just watch the opposition teams, how well they are at it. Uh, Yeah, Kelly Buckberger was very good at it. He was a heart and soul player. And I do believe the Oilers care. I do believe they work hard. Uh, But one of the things I don't think they do enough, especially penalty-killing, is getting into shooting lanes.
2: Okay, we'll just uh, squeeze in Sebastian here before we go. Go ahead, Sebastian.
7: Oh, hey, Robin Reed. Um, So I'm just going to change a little bit of topic here. Um, I wanted to talk about Rob's point yesterday and Oilers now. So I think that there's six teams that are top in the West and everybody else is weaker. I was just wondering who, uh, who these six are. Like, off the top of my head, it's Vegas, Dallas, and Colorado. Not sure who the other three are. And this leads to another second point is that it's not just Edmonton that's struggling in the West. Like Minnesota did well. So do you think both Edmonton and Minnesota could become the last two wild card spots? Uh,
3: they could. Uh, the Calgary Flames, Seattle Kraken, those are two other teams that I think are going to push for the wild card spot. Both of those two teams, Calgary and Seattle, playing better. The top six teams in, I have are Colorado, Dallas, and Winnipeg, LA. Vegas, and who is this? Well, Vancouver right and now. And Vancouver. Yeah. And Those th- are the top six teams. And they've got distance between them. And number seven, I the mean, first card team. Quite frankly,
2: if the Oilers make the playoffs, and already we can say that's a, a, a relatively big if,
3: it will be a wildcard oh, spot. Oh, for sure, yeah.
2: I mean, they're 14 points behind Los Angeles for third in the West.
3: Yes, that's a lot of points to make up yep. on, a, on a good team. So I don't think the wildcard teams are, are set. I think right now Anaheim's in there struggling, but I do believe the Minnesotas, the Oilers, the Calgarys, the Nashvilles that's winning tonight, the Seattle Kraken, will all be fighting for those two wildcard spots. All right. Bob Stauffer has Oilers
2: now from 5 to 7 tomorrow. I'll have Inside Sports from 7 to 8. Early game on Friday, Black Friday in the States, 11.30 a.m. for the face-off show and the puckle drop at 1, presented by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers, Oilers at Capitals. Third straight loss for the Oilers tonight, 6-3 to the Carolina Hurricanes. Thanks to our studio producer this evening, Kellen Kennedy. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line.